You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. Every coach who is worth their salt will continually emphasize the importance of full commitment right up until the final whistle. The reason being that there's never a perfect game. And often in life, we too find ourselves behind on the scoreboard. Yet like in sport and in fact in life, the key is never to allow what has been to determine what can be. Our perspective has the ability to restrict or to release how we live out the rest of our lives. I know whatever campus you're in today or online, you're gonna enjoy week two in our series on perspective. Firstly, we wanna begin by having a look at Vince's story. I was born in Manila, Philippines, in a little suburb called Quezon City. I lived in, uh, in the slums of the Philippines, so I was already born into quite a bit of poverty. A house that I'd say was equivalent to the size of a bedroom that you'd see here. I was pretty happy with my cousins, with my grandma. We still had food on the table when we needed it. My father left my mom uh, when she was pregnant with me. He ran off with another woman. And my mom wasn't around either because um, she was studying elsewhere to try and pretty much have a better life for me and herself as well. I had to live with my uncle. And at the time, he was actually getting into heavy drugs and alcohol as well. Um, so there'd be times, and I have vivid memories of it as well, where it'd just be us two, take me like to the room, have me there, and he'd just start beating on me with whatever he could find and taking out his own brokenness on me. So from a very young age, I kind of had my value and self-worth kind of stripped away. A couple years later, my mom came back. She had married an Englishman um, who she met over in England, of course, and it was time for me to move over with her. At first, it was all good. I was in a new country, didn't know anyone, could barely speak English as well. And we lived in this massive house, so going from the extreme of poverty to suddenly having all this luxury was very hard for me to transition to. My stepfather and my mom would come home from work uh, stressed, angry. I realized he had quite a bit of an anger problem and my stepfather began abusing my mom. And then eventually abusing me as well. 2014, March the 4th, my family packed everything up and we moved over to New Zealand. Um, to the complete other side of the world I went from Philippines to England all the way here. And um, again, moving into a completely different environment, not knowing anyone and still having that feeling of loneliness. Early high school, I'd start getting into a lot of fights. I hated going home because I knew what I was going home to and everything that I wasn't able to express at home, I'd express it at school. And I remember this one night, I was just in my room and I just heard them arguing again, screaming, and then I heard my mom screaming my name, and 
suddenly I, I ran out of my room, ran into the kitchen, and he had her up against the wall. And I don't know what it was, but something inside of me just snapped. Um, 15, 16 years of anger and of pain just came out. And I grabbed him, threw him to the ground, and started beating on him. I actually met this one guy who became my friend, so to speak. Um, he was pretty heavy gang affiliated. And he started introducing me to the party scene and the drinking scene over here. And then one time he brought me to this, uh, I guess Christian trust in Papatoi. And uh, he told me it was boxing. There was something different about that place. Um, after each training session, the guy that was taking it, uh, he would pray. I hadn't cried for probably 15, I don't know, 15 years maybe. Um, but in that moment, all those years of pain and anger and rejection just came out in tears and <laughs> it was crazy. I, I just broke down, like face in my hands, just crying. And I was just like, God, like, you're telling me to come to you, you're telling me you're my father, but you were never around, like you were just like everyone else. Um, and I think in that moment of exchange with him, I just felt him say to me like, despite all the people that walked out on you, despite all the people that hurt you and that mistreated you, I was the only thing that was constant in your life. And in that moment, I just felt nothing but love. I never thought I would be able to get rid of anger, but it wasn't an overnight thing, but God did it and he took it away. And even just recently, I was in a place in my faith and in my journey where I actually started feeling compassion for my stepfather and my uncle and my own father. And I never thought I'd be able to forgive um, them for what they did, but I think what God showed me was, who am I not to forgive them if he can forgive me for everything that I've done? One of my great friends who gets to travel globally is a man by the name of Sam Chand. In fact, he is now an internationally recognized leadership expert. These days, he gives perspective and input to some of the most influential people in the world. But not everyone knows his story. They don't know what he went through. In fact, he was born and raised in India. He didn't have a lot, but he had a dream to study in the USA. Finally, an American family decided they would sponsor him and he began the adventure of a lifetime. However, the story goes once he arrived in America, 1974, there was the oil crisis and the sponsor became unemployed. And here, the scholarship that Sam had no longer existed. He had left a foreign land, was living in a place he didn't really know and he didn't know what to do, but his dream for the future was still alive. He would make money by mowing lawns and finally he was able to pay his way through his study at the end of that, he got a job to become the janitor at the school he studied in. However, Sam wouldn't allow what had happened to stop him. He kept looking forward. And the amazing thing about his story is he became the president 
of that college because he reached forward from a poor boy who couldn't finish his education to the president of the same college. Man, his understanding for me of what it does to us when we don't let the past define us changes everything that we are. Remember, where you are at right now is not who you are. We're talking about perspective and particularly perspective as to what has happened in your life that so easily you can give way to. I love the Apostle Paul and I so kind of have an affinity with how he looks at life. And often I've been ministered to out of Philippians 3, where he says, you know what, I haven't made it. I'm not perfect, but I'm not stopping. Doesn't matter what I've been through, I'm gonna press on and I'm gonna lay hold of that which Christ has laid hold for me. Then he says these words, I'm telling everyone that I am gonna do this one thing. And that is, I'm gonna not allow my past, I'm gonna forget my past to stop me from reaching forward to the things that are ahead. I've got a question today as we look at how we see what has been. What's the level of volume that your past has in your today? Years and years ago, I began to study failure once again, because I never understood, I thought failure was wrong, but I realized that failure happens when you're reaching for something significant. And I learned from science that failure is a lesson. It's nothing less, it's nothing more. And so we can learn from that. Perspective is such a powerful thing. And the way that we see yesterday, the way that we see our failures, failures towards us, the way that we look at what we've been through has such power for what can be. And I wanna encourage you today, we can learn from our past and we certainly can bring wisdom from the things that we've gone through. But there is an enemy and there is a power that works against your potential and my potential that would say, park in your past, give it oxygen, think about it more. Whereas the words of the Apostle Paul, even though they are familiar, it's like God shouting from heaven, don't let yesterday define you. Shift your perspective from what has been to who you are in me. And that will release so much more. I think someone who has had to harness her perspective of the yesterday she walked through is Jasmine. Let's have a listen to her story. When I was four, my mum and dad were fighting lots. They broke up and mum decided to take me and my dad decided to take my brother. I think I was seven at the time, mum met Danny and we thought, great, she's found somebody and we can sort of start a new life again. And then we sort of started to see after a few years that he was into drinking. He would physically and verbally abuse us as well. I moved in with my dad and I was living with my dad for about a year and it was good and he, things were good. I was with my brother again as well. We woke up one morning and there was a note on his bed that said, I can't do this anymore. I can't look after you. I can't stay. I was really hurt. I just was in tears and 
and crying to my brother and we were both reading this note together going, why, like, why are you leaving us? That's when I was going to parties, drinking, experimenting with drugs. I dropped out of school. I decided that I'd start to work because I could earn more money and it would just be easier to pay my bills. I got quite heavily addicted to lots of drugs and I was using them to numb the pain of not having a family that I felt like cared for me. My cousin rings me and he said, I'd love to see you, can we catch up? And I was like, great, I'd love to catch up. I've got no money, can you come pick me up? And he said, yep. And when he arrived, it was actually his friend knocking on my door. I took a bit of a fancy to him and I thought, ooh, maybe I could hook up with this guy tonight. And so I tried and he actually said no. He said, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna sleep with you because I am a Christian and I'm waiting till I'm married. And I was really shocked by that because I'd never met a guy who would ever say something like that. And I was really curious as to what it was to be a Christian. I decided to move to New Zealand with the $250 that my cousin had given me at the airport. I decided to call Glenn and I said, I'm, I called him up and I said, I'm moving to New Zealand. And he didn't believe me. He was like, why are you doing that? And I said, oh, well, I've become a Christian and I need to fix my life. I need to change my life. And I think that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna move to New Zealand and start my life. Glenn and I, were together for three years and then we actually got married after that. And we've been married for almost 11 years now. Got two beautiful children. And I also work with youth as well because I know for me that my teenage years were the hardest years and I never had a mentor. I never had anybody that I could turn to. And so I know for these youth, like just having someone they can share what's going on with and talk about their life with, that, that that can be massive for them. When I became a Christian, my whole perspective changed. I had to let go of a lot of the beliefs that I was holding on to and get a fresh perspective on, on things like what a relationship looks like and yeah, what a marriage looks like and what friendships look like. And we are who we are and we're supposed to do what we can do. The truth is that all of us at times are confronted with the reality that we wish we could change some of the things in our past. But like Jasmine, she's showing us our yesterday does not need to determine our tomorrow. And remember the Apostle Paul, one thing I've learned to do is I'm forgetting, literally, I'm gonna no longer care for my past. I think we must be careful what we give oxygen to. Our past often will try to weaken our today and tomorrow. The way we see yesterday is so very important. Well, I've got a special guest today and I'm excited to have Ned Soe with us. And uh, Ned, great to be here. We're here in Papakura. Papakura Marae, um, Pastor Paul. 
It's a real hub of the community. It's a place where people come to meet. Yep. We're doing something a little bit different here. We work in partnership with uh, the Marae to run a soup kitchen. Wow, to work in the community. To work in the community to um, provide a meal, yep. substantial meal for, um, for the community. So we have uh, just over 300 people wow. um, in the hall. Yep. And so um, we're putting up um, a really good meal of desserts with all the bells right. and whistles. And I hope we get some tonight. Hopefully, um, it's going to be tight because uh, they're pretty hungry. <laughs> I'd like to talk more about that. But before we do, you know, you are doing amazing things, but your journey in life has not always been easy. I mean, no. we're talking today about perspective and the challenge of how if we don't get the right perspective, we can get ruled by things and dominated and never really break into the freedom that God has for us. But for you, a bit about your journey. I mean, are there things that you've been through that happened to you that almost shut you down? Yeah, absolutely. They're, you know, I come from quite a big family and... Um, How many children? Well, there was uh, there was eight of us all up. Yep. There were five brothers, yep. there were three girls, wow. uh, three sisters. and uh, But in total, we had about 15 in our household. We had um, uncles and aunties flying in through from the islands. Yep. And, um, you know, they'll stay with us and stuff. So um, come dinner, uh, you know, dinner was an event. Yeah. You know, um, we had three sittings. We had um, the first sitting was for the kids. Right. The second one was for all those who were working. Yeah. And the last sitting was uh, for my parents um, right. if there was any food left over. So yeah. um, it was an event and, um, you know, it was first in, first serve. So it was really good. But in saying that, um, you know, there was a time where um, my older brother and myself, um, we were locked in the room. Right. Um, at a very young age. Um, I, I can only recall to when I was free. Uh, we, we were both locked in the room, not understanding um, why. Um, what, for an extended period? or? Well, um, it was, we found out later on that um, it was because um, there was nobody to look after us when um, you know, our parents had to work, um, our siblings had to go to school, mm. and um, there was no, nobody safe. You know, for my parents to, yeah. to leave us. So, um, did that affect you as a teenager? Or? Oh, it did. You yeah. know, I, I grow up. I grew up. Um, you know, not understanding why that happened to me. I, I grew up with um, a lot of bitterness. Yeah. I grew up with, um, you know, um, just just a real anger. Mm. You know, I um, my first two years of school when I first started um, because there were five boys and only one girl. My mother thought that she wasn't going to have another girl. So my first two years of school, she dressed me up as a girl. I had long hair. She she would um, plait my hair. Wow. And um, I'll go to school, and my favourite dress was a blue one. <laughs> and But um, I, I was determined to be a boy. So yeah. before I get to school, I would roll up my sleeve, I'd tie, tie up my um, ponytail, and I would tuck my skirt into my shorts. And, you know, that sort of combination growing up in Otara um, was a combination for disaster. And, um... So, so what, what did you do? Because I think for many of us, there are things we look back on and we go, if only that didn't happen, I'd be free to live a better perspective in my life and live for something bigger. Was there something that you had to do? Because if you, I'm sure even today, if you were really to focus on the past, there would be deep pain. Absolutely. So what did you do to stop looking at your yesterday? It was just coming to a point of forgiving. Right. You know, and um, it wasn't until I started forgiving my parents. Yeah. Um, 
they didn't know any better. And um, I got to a point um, when I became a Christian that I, I found freedom in, in, in forgiving, um, which, which really did open the door because I had a stuttering problem. Um, you know, I couldn't com communicate. There was just, um, I was just living a, a life of um, violence. Wow. And um, every day I would go to school and have fights. And I had a nickname of uh, being called um, Old Lady. Right. Um, only because I had a whole lot of scratches down my neck from um, holding kids down and they would just be scratching at my chest and my neck sort of just went, was all scarred up at the time. And um, just coming out of that lifestyle to where I am today, you know, was... It's, it's miraculous. I mean, it's so big. You know, I, I've often thought that where we find ourselves, wherever it is in life, is not who we are. You know, I, I grew up in a Christian home, so quite different, although I'm one of eight children. But uh, as a teenager, there would be things that I would give into because of the circle of my world. And I would feel really condemned about that. Uh, but the wonder is, here we are thinking about our past. The enemy wants to attach us to what we've been through. Yeah. Uh, whether we failed or somebody's failed us. But the challenge is that Jesus wants to break us free from our past. Yes. Great verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, if anyone gets close to Christ, if anyone gives their life, their past to Christ, they become a new creation. And I love that. I mean, I know you well enough to know I can't understand how you could have gone through all of that and be who you are. You're like a big teddy bear right now. Yeah. You're, a, you're a dad to so many of the kids around here. You're a dad to, to so many families. But the Bible says you're a new creation. Old things are passed away. Everything becomes new. That's not for some things. Every one of us can see everything become new. And, and I think we've got to determine where we focus, don't we? I mean, yeah. have, have you had to make real decisions along the way that you're going to determined not to focus on the bad stuff that's happened or what you got involved with. You're going to focus on who God is for you and what your future can look like. Yeah, I, I had to make dramatic changes um, when when I got married to Rebecca. Um, did she sort you out? She did. <laughs> <laughs> Those four arms, mate. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I still had an element of, um, of anger. Right. Of, of rage inside me and um, you know um, that wasn't released until I actually approached my mum right. um, and just one day I had her around home had dinner and sat her down and just uh, said to her um, you know wh why why was it that you locked me up in the room mm. and um, her eyes welled up with tears and started saying hey look we didn't have anybody safe to leave you and I can't believe that you remembered that way back then wow. And you know, there was just such um, a release. Yeah. It was just like the world lifting up my shoulders that um, I, I thought that I was being punished for something that I had done wrong. Yeah. And my perspective was totally wrong. Um, they did it for our safety. Right. Um, but it did have repercussions. Um, yeah, because that's not normal. No. Yeah. Not at all. And yet today, as you mentioned, uh, tonight here on the Marae, uh, I don't know, feeding maybe 300 people. Yes. And what, what does your heart feel like now that you have got to that place where you haven't let your past dominate you, uh, you you've accepted who you are, the value in Christ, and now you're going, you know what, I can make a difference in lives. I mean, what's your heart feel like when you come here? I know my heart leaps as I've seen all kids and teens and elderly people all just being blessed because of your heart. 
oh, it's been awesome, Pastor Paul. You know, I, ever since I've become a Christian, I just feel indebted to give back. Wow. You know, I just feel like um, I can do more, you know. I, yeah. having, having walked that valley, um, having gone with very little, you know, and, and then come into an area in my life, a place in my life where um, I can be a blessing to others. Yeah. Um, Love it. Yeah, and, you know, I, I used to think that um, I had to be ordained or, or, or asked to do something, but you really don't need permission to do good. Um, it can just happen to, you know, um, making a difference um, with people around you, yeah. your neighbours, yeah. in your community, your family. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You know, I think for all of us, if, if we make a decision to allow Jesus to help us to release our path, let go of it, we can reach into a greater tomorrow. Uh, I love this thought, like Sam had, he just really made this decision that he would change his life by not allowing what he had been through to become what would stop him for the dream that he had in his heart. And too often, all of us can be overshadowed by yesterday. Uh, and we end up really driving with a review mirror. I, I think sometimes, because we just keep looking at our past, we don't get released. Uh, thinking about Jasmine again, consider her, how her desire led her to discovering Christ for herself. Or Vince, how he moved forward because he was able to lay down the pain. And I just want to encourage you today, as, as we're talking about perspective, don't let the sound of your past be the perspective of you now. Where you find yourself is not who you are. Make sure you focus on who God says you are and where you are. And I love what you said. If you're able to forgive what's happened in your past, then you can live free. Jesus was all about stepping into people's failure. Uh, one of my favourite stories is the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. And, and uh, we know the religious people where they're pointing the finger and saying, she's bad. And you know what Jesus just said? Okay, if you've got nothing in your past, then you can throw the first stone. And they all left. None of us have made it. And then Jesus said these words, I want you to hear it today. Neither do I condemn you. There is nothing that you've been through, nothing that I can't step into if you'll allow me access. And the moment we say, Jesus, will you forgive me? Jesus, will you meet me? The very next verse, I think it's in verse 12, Jesus says, after He releases the woman, He says, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, in other words, don't live in your yesterday, you're not gonna keep on walking in darkness. You're gonna be able to do what you were created to do. You can start soup kitchens, you could give people an answer to live for. So I wanna challenge you is today, would you make a decision about your future? Will you make sure you don't see your past as something that's gonna disqualify you? And Ned, thanks for joining us today. I, I, I love God's stories about how God has taken what the enemy tried to destroy and made something great with it. Everything about our lives change when we give it to Christ. You know, I wanna thank you today again whether you're watching on live TV, in any of our campuses and online, make sure that you know God believes in you and don't allow what the enemy wants you to focus on through the review mirror to stop you from seeing the God that loves you completely. I reckon it'd be great to pray. Come on, let's pray together. Father, we thank You today. We thank You that You use our past to equip our future, but You don't hold us in yesterday. 
And I pray that for any of us that feel like we've stuffed up on you, today will be a day where we make a decision to ask for your forgiveness, which you give freely. Or if somebody's done something to us, we'll have the strength to forgive them so we can walk into all that you have. In the name of Jesus, amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.